Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy, never think about the drop Never, ever, ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I am MKT. Show, show, show. It's the show that you're listening to. What a weekend. Chelsea just lost. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Unbelievable. What a bloody weekend. The Premier League's the greatest thing in the world. Emotional roller coaster. I was talking so much smack to Man United people on social media. Um, and then it all came crashing down. It all came crashing down. Uh, we're going to talk uh, United's evolution. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Chelsea as well and where their problems are. And then we'll uh, yeah see what else I, I get into. You know, don't, don't plan. I only plan two topics, and I just kind of have some notes about some other stuff I want to talk about. Um, by the way, I'm on TikTok now, um, and you'll see if you follow me on social media. I'm doing more videos. Um, I'll start posting a lot. In fact, I'm going to move, migrate most of my content to video now outside of the podcast. I I still think if I'm going to, if I'm going to do video for this, if you hadn't watched or you're new to the show, but there is a YouTube channel called the MKT show. And if I'm not going to do that level of production, I'm not going to do video. Um, It's one thing I've always been, quite critical about with people is if you're going to do video put some production into it you know so i don't think i'm going to do the youtube channel for a while um depending on how things go in the next sort of 12 18 months where i'm living you know might move to a different country who knows you never you never know in this world um won't be moving in the next 12 months though got something coming up which will mean I will live in South Africa. A lot more travel coming up, though. A lot more travel coming up. That is planned. If you are in France, I will see you in October of 2023, the middle of October. If you are in Las Vegas, I might see you in February. Maybe see you in February. That's, uh, it's going to take some, some working, but I'm looking to be at the Super Bowl next year. It's the plan. That one's not confirmed. France is happening, though. Well, I think. I'm still still waiting for my visa. Got to go for that meeting, see how long that takes. But it's certainly on the cards. All right, let's get into the show. Um, As I said, we'll talk United, talk Chelsea, um, and then whatever else comes up. I I do get a lot lot more DMs now, by the way. Not sure what's happening. Not sure if I'm transitioning from completely irrelevant to tiny deal or whatever. No questions, though. It's mostly just people asking stuff or saying stuff. So I try and reply. I mean, if I don't reply, don't take it personally. I'm not, you know, can't reply to every message, to be honest. So I get, I get enough. I'm still getting saucy pictures from ladies. I delete that immediately. I, I know the temptation is to keep it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to let a career get sunk just because I wanted to... Look at a nipple or whatever. So don't send me saucy pictures, ladies. It's, you know. So I just delete those immediately. I don't even look. No, no, no second takes. Just like, okay, I can see where this is going. But whatever. It's the game, you know. It's what happens. Thank goodness I'm 37. Uh, if I was 22, I'd be in big trouble. I would have been fired already. I would have been, I would have been fired already, or, or I would have been caught up in something crazy. I, I, I was a nightmare. Twenty-two, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, twenty-two. I was at my peak in the UK, living a madness life. Maybe I'll tell the story about Jamiroquai's castle. The one, the one time, guy has a castle. Never forget waking up there outside. Anyway, maybe a story for a different time. Not the podcast. Hell of a night. Hell of a hell of a run, actually. That guy. 
What a house. What a what a host. What a party host that guy. Jeez. Jamiroquai. If you're young, you don't know who Jamiroquai is. Anyway. Hung out with him a couple of times. That was that was nuts. That was like a, a, a full 18-month stretch of kicking it around with those types. Different time. Different time. Anywho, would definitely have um, yeah, done something about the the nipples the nipple slip in the in the DMs. Which, you know, no guys above, but I just I, I figure uh, you know, no one's worth it right now. Unless it's like if it's Oprah, I'd reply. Because then then she has something to lose, you know? Like, I don't know you. What are we doing here? What if I'm a terrible person, by the way? Just because I'm prominent, or I'm not that prominent. Just because I'm a small deal, don't confuse public-facing people with being good people. You know, I could be a terrible person. What if I'm a murderer? What about that? If you considered that, lady. So don't send me nipple pics because you could get murdered. Not, yeah, you know, because I could be a murderer. It's not impossible. It's not. So I'll take that off the table. People have, ha, okay. Have people murdered people before? Am I a person? There we go. I, I, I don't think I need to say any more than that. Point is, I'm capable of murder because people have been murdered before and I'm human. And humans have murdered before. So, there's that. However, I will try and get back to your DMs. But you're going to see a lot more video. Um, I guess I'll do a video on what I'm about to say. Uh, my cousin, who's, I don't know, top, top five IQs I've ever been exposed to. So she's Harvard, MBA, um, Oxford. She did her she did her actual science at Oxford, I think masters, and then she went on to do an MBA or whatever business level thing at Harvard. Cum laude, both times. So not an idiot, you know. She said to me, and we're very close, and she said, put your big head on videos i want to see more videos because she hates football well she doesn't hate football she just doesn't watch sport you know it's not her thing i know she thinks she's so much better than us she she's not she's from a rural family like i am so i always remind her she's not better but she is one of those dickheads who thinks she's into like art and culture and and you, you, I don't know if you know these people they think they're so much better than us working class people who are into just football you know but on the other hand I can't be too critical of her because she's a big supporter of mine always has been always ha- in every facet of my life even when I was a delinquent one of the greatest human beings I know she said and <laughs> contrary to great human being but she has said this and i quote put your big head on videos i want to see more videos she likes social media which is interesting because she's a super high functioning person but she is obsessed with pinterest and tiktok and this and that and she give you an example she's working at the world bank now as one of her clients but she is now based in washington dc at the World Bank, that has been her, the last year of her life. I never know where she is in the world. I mean, I do, because we speak nah, every two days max. I, I speak more to her than anybody in my life. You know, My sister's my hero. I'll talk to my sister maybe once a week now. She lives in Paris. But my cousin said, put your big head on videos. So you, that's why some people are saying, oh, you're doing more videos. I said, yes, I'm doing more videos. But this is the reason. Thought I'd save a podcast, a little bit of content. It was because I got shamed by somebody I care for. She said, put your big head on videos. So it's on videos. So you'll see lots more videos, me promoting the podcast and just doing videos. Because she said it's a good idea and she knows social media very, very well. And is smart. So I listen to smart people. I don't listen to a lot of people. I would say in my life, I listen to about, honestly, I, I have about... Eight people I take seriously, and of those eight people, I listen to about four 
can't really count off the top of my head, but three or four. Like, listen to them. And she's one of them. Because she has made some moves. And is also just, yeah, despite her emotionally bullying me. She said, uh, one, of, one of her famous lines to me is, you've got no game. So, you know, I, I know I said she's a very good person, but this is how she treats me. But anyway, she listens to the podcast. She loves it. Always messages me if she finds something funny. Doesn't know what's happening with the football. Uh, but she kind of likes me, which is good. So anyway, more video. My big head will be on video basically daily now. I'll do something. Do a clip. Put it out there. You'll watch it. You won't. Your life will stay the same. But you'll see more of my big head. And that's a quote, by the way. I'm not being self-deprecating. That's a quote from somebody who knows me and claims to love me. Her her gospel is, you've got no game. She's like, unbelievable. Yeah, some of the stories with her and her friends. Also not for this podcast. Anywho, let's get to the pod. You know, I was with somebody from Italy this past weekend, and um, I was trying to explain rugby to her. And I realized what rugby's problem is. It's too complicated. Rugby is too complicated to ever get big. It's kind of like speaking Khosa, you know? Khosa is just too complicated. You know, if you if you catch it late, it's just too complicated to get into. Because football, it's just kick the ball in that net, right? And they're trying to kick the ball in your net. The rest, you don't really need to know how offside works to, to get football. You know, you, you get it. Put the ball in the net. They're going to put the ball in the net. And there's some tackling and some stuff happens in between. That's it. Rugby is just too complicated. I was trying to explain rugby to her. And I like to think I'm quite good at explaining things, quite articulate. And she's smart because she works at the World Bank as well. And I, I realize it's impossible. It's just impossible. So rugby will never get big. It won't. It, it just will not get big, which is crazy because I've always thought, you know, rugby is awesome because it's violence. It's regulated violence. And it's quite easy to solve violence because... Every single human being on the planet is depraved. All human beings are depraved. It's why UFC does so well. It's why uh, the NFL is king in America. It's why boxing uh, always intrigues us. You know, it's, it's, let's face it, it's why women like a bad boy. You know, I don't know, I don't know if it's like genetically in their blood to tame the wild beast or whatever it may be. But violence is appealing to everyone. There's like, you know, it's the old adage when you see a car crash, you want to look away, but it's like, oh my goodness, what happened? Did she die? Why is there a stretcher? How many cars? Like, what are you doing? You're not a doctor. Why are you stopping? You ever, you ever, just, you ever seen that? When, when you at a, you ever know someone in the car and they're like, stop, I want to look. Are you an orthopedic surgeon? Why are we stopping? I've never understood this. I've, ne- I've never understood why people like to stop at accidents. But I get it. As I get older, violence is fascinating. You know, especially in the sanitized world we live in, we kind of recreate violent environments so that the animal and all of us, because we are very simple primates, by the way. We are not as complex as we think we are. And I know some people... Good old Jesus, shout out Jesus Christ, and all that. He tells you that the planet's 2,000 years old. It's not. Couple of billion, between three and five billion, we're still figuring it out. And you're just a simple evolved primate who, if we don't appeal to your best side, well, I think we've seen what happens. If you know what I'm saying. Like a bit of, as the oaks say in South Africa, violence. Oaks are into it. The Bettys are into it. It is what it is. We all like violence. But rugby is just too complicated. It's too exclusive. And it's almost coffee for coffee makers, right? It's like you've got to be from the inner sanctum to get it. And they almost don't want to let anybody in, which is lame. You know, it's what's cool about the NFL. 
is they bring the lifestyle into it. I saw people whinging about the Springbok kit and moving away from the green and gold. I'm like, yeah, you got to make it swag so the young kids will wear it. It's what it is. So rugby's complicated, man. I don't know what they're going to do as well. Because the problem with not making it big is the players are never going to get paid well. And it is the most violent sport in the world. It is so violent. Rugby is so violent. I was watching, I mean, obviously the Premier League's back. Like, And I was in a WhatsApp group. I'm in a WhatsApp group with some people that I know. They call themselves my friends, but they're constantly abusing me in this group. Um, ah, they're not abusing me. No, ab- abuse is an overused word. They're bantering. But I said, I'm not rich like them. I've only got one screen. You know, I used to work at a corporate where I had a second laptop. I've only got one laptop, so I can only watch one thing at a time. It's the Premier League. I'm not watching warm-up rugby. And even then, I'm not watching. It's why I don't really go out to watch the football. I hate getting to a place and I want to show the rugby. Like, I love rugby. It's not football. And it's not the Premier League. So I just like to sit at home, watch the Premier League, and I don't have a second option. And I don't like to do illegal streaming because... Not because I'm better than everyone. There are people listening to this who probably do illegal streaming. Whatever. You're not a bad person, by the way. But for me, I'm stealing from my industry when I... And I used to. I used to... Like, I don't download films anymore. I buy I buy Netflix. Or no, I borrow Netflix um, passwords. And I have Amazon. That's the only one I've got. And then someone else has Disney. I think my sister's got Disney. I use her Disney password. Although... I ve- like now in football season, I don't watch anything, right? I don't watch anything. I'll be honest with you. Streaming, like, shut it down. I'll see it in May. It's all Premier League. I'm working and I'm training. Like, that's what it is. So you're not a bad person if you're legally streaming. So I've only got one screen. So I was watching a little bit of Wales, South Africa. Like, it is so brutal. It's insanity. But rugby is just too complicated. Because if you don't know the rules of anything, right? enjoyment for me is when I'm aware of the rules of engagement. Which is not meant to be a pun because you engage for the scrub. But it's so difficult to explain surface level engagement rules for rugby. Like what's the most common thing? A forward pass. But it's not really a forward pass if it goes backwards out of the hand and it drifts forward. Like, listen to that, you know? So if you listen to this and you just listen for the banter and laugh, like, already I've lost you. And that is the most common thing in rugby, a forward pass. Like, it's going to happen and I'm going to have to explain it to you at some stage. And it's not as clear cut as, oh, well, it's forward. Well, no, it went backward out the hand. It just drifted forward. That's not a forward pass. It's flat. You'll hear often guys go, oh, dude, it was just flat. Like, and then the scrum's complicated. And now with the 50-22, and I, it's just too much. So I, re- I just, sorry, that, uh, it was just an, a realization I had when I was hanging out with an Italian this weekend. An Italian. Nice girl. Nice girl. Very nice. I, I knew her from before. So she is actually nice. I didn't just meet her once and go, oh, you're impressive because you're exotic. Nice girl. Very, very nice. She will never understand rugby, though. She will never understand rugby. And neither will any other people. It's way too complicated. Muy complicado, as they say. Very complicated. Made me a bit sad inside. Because rugby is a great game. But unless you've grown up in New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, England. Maybe France. You know. You don't know what's cutting. It's tough. It's a bourgeois game as well in most countries, including my own. So, say love you. All right, move on. Uh, VAR, hey? Ugh, it's getting ugly. You, you know what it's about? You know what it's about? I, I was chatting with somebody on, on the social, somewhere on Twitter, I think. And I said this. I said, you know, I remember... When so, I've, although I've been single for a while, I still remember getting annoyed at my girlfriend. One of one of the two I've had in my life. But one of the things I real I remember was even if you get angry with your partner, right? If they 
explain something, right, you can go with them and go, oh, I see how you got there. You know what I mean? Even if you're still mad, you, you, you sort of, it, it ameliorates that anger if somebody explains themselves. You know, my mother used to say, if you want to be understood, you must explain yourself. So if somebody does something and you are fuming, but they explain, oh, but I was, and then I thought, and I heard from, and from the last time when you did this, I thought if I do this, it'll make it, oh, okay, I mean, Geez, I'm furious. Why didn't you just ask me? But okay, cool. I see what they call concatenation. I see the concatenation of events that led you there. I see. That's what I feel VAR should do. And I think we ask more of our girlfriends than we do of VAR. And that's not right. Because Dunk was a penalty. But Jackson wasn't against Liverpool. McAllister was a red. But Gordon's two yellows, which he should have had a second yellow weren't what are we doing what are we doing and there was just there was another shocker by the way in the villa game that should have been a straight red if McAllister was a red McAllister's tackle personally I think it was a red by the way I don't know why people are going crazy I thought the McAllister one was a red but fine let's say that's a red the one in the Villa game is considerably worse. It is considerably worse and not given. It just makes no sense to me. It's the consistency thing that's killing people. But I think my point in my story about us asking our girlfriends more than we, we do more from, from them than um, VAR is they should, they should release the tapes. Every single decision, even if you don't release it at the time, right, release it afterwards. Because I would like to hear what the logic is from Stockley Park back to the ref, to the ref, to the sideline, to the sideline, back to the ref, to go look at the screen, to, okay, no penalty, penalty. I want to be a part of that because I just think if you explain yourself to people, to grown-ups, and, and most sports fans are actually very reasonable people. Most people are reasonable. Don't Twitter's not the real world. Most sports fans are reasonable. If you explain your thinking to people, they don't always have to agree with you. Because most people are human enough and grown up enough to go, okay, you can only see the world through your own eyes. But put me into your head with your words, right? My, my mother always used to say to me, put me into your head. Don't presume I understand. If you want to be understood, you must explain yourself. So if they just gave us those tapes, it would be like, oh, I see how Onana's one isn't a penalty because you've thought A, B, C. Okay, cool. Like, I don't agree, but okay, I see a little bit of logic that you've applied from a set of rules. But now, it just it just feels like do whatever Howard Webb wants. Fans are too smart now. Like, you can't leave us out. People are paying thousands of rands a month and hundreds of pounds a month to watch these games don't leave us out we're smarter than ever we know what's going on and by the way we speak to experts now referees are available on twitter to give us feedback don't do this consistency people are just asking for consistency you know what i mean like just be 80% 80% of the time, can you give us 80% consistency? Nobody's asking you to be perfect. VAR, what a shambles. Gordon should have had a red in the Man City game. I'm sorry. That second yellow is clear. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And then you can't give the Everton penalty or the, the Aston Villa penalty if you're not going to give the Onana one. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't want to hear people say, yes, they've apologized for that. I don't want to hear it because are the rules not set for the season or are we changing the rule? So in one week, has the rule changed from Onana to Everton? Because if you're saying, no, but we apologize for the mistake at Wolves, my issue is 
going into this week then, did you not have the rules clearly set out for the season? Because the rule could not have changed over in one week. Because what you should have been doing was uh, no penalty for Aston Villa and then come out and apologise and say, sorry, those are the rules for the season. This season, under Premier League rules, which we've all agreed upon and probably told managers and briefed referees and briefed the entire English pyramid about, this is not a penalty this season. And even if it is a stonewall penalty like it was for for Wolves, sorry, this year, and then and then everyone's on board. We're like, oh, okay, that's not a penna then. Even though we know it's a penalty, but you guys have got the rules and now everyone knows. But now we don't know. Because let me tell you something. There's going to be another one where they don't give it. There's going to be another one where they don't give it. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And then there were others that weren't given this weekend where I just didn't get it. VAR. You know, if you go back to 2019, I said this would be a disaster. I said this would be a disaster. I was right. Feels good. Feels good. Remember, you can hit me up. MKT Inspires. Slide in the DMs. No nipple shots, please. Ladies. And definitely not dudes. I'm, you know, that's doing nothing for me. Like, if you're gay, good. You know, whatever. Who who cares, actually? Just carry on with your life. You know, being gay, straight, who cares? Just try and be the best person you can. Nobody cares. Like, stop making a thing about it. No no one cares. Gay, straight, who cares? Get on with your life. I'm not going to come out here and be some PC cheerleader for it either. Like, who cares? Well, what is the thing about caring so much about people's identity politics? Who gives a shit? Like, just try and be a decent person. It's, it's nobody's business who people are sleeping with. And, by the way, if it does, you know, in your mind, it just end your life that someone's gay. How small and shitty is your life that you've got time to worry that much about someone else's sexual orientation? And... If I have religious people give me their their story about Jesus again, I'm going to slap them in the face. And listen, if you're a lady, I'll get in your face about it as well. Thank you so. Religious people think they're so much better than everyone. And by the way, my mother's very religious, so I've had this my whole life. They think they're so much better than everyone. Shut your mouth. You're not better than anyone. You're just human. Now, if you're not religious and you murder people, you're a bad person. But also, if you're religious and you murder people, you're a bad person. Murdering's bad. Murdering, I think we can all agree on that one. Religious or not, gay or not, don't be a murderer. Because I could be one, trust me. It's not who you want to be. Which is why you shouldn't send nipples in people's DMs. Because there's murderers out there, people. Even if they're like Jesus. Even Jesus, he got murdered. Put up on the cross. I'm just telling you. Murder happens. Don't know how we got you. Don't know how we got to crucifixion. Happens though. Pontius Pilate. That guy. Who's the worst person there? Because that other guy sold him for silver. Hey, Old Judas Iscariot. What did he do with that silver? There weren't any banks then. Well, where did he keep it? Uh, also, people couldn't write back then. How do we know it was silver and not gold? How do we know that? P- Listen, we can't even translate the Rosetta Stone. Let alone that. They did 2,000 years ago in Egypt or Israel, depending where you believe the story is. Right? Also, Israel's a very new country. It wasn't around 2,000 years ago, but whatever. Let's just go with it. There was no... They, they, the first written language discovered in the, in the Western world seems to come from Chinese culture. Now, that becomes so confusing. It, was Jesus Mandarin? 
you got to ask these questions. I don't know how we got here, but I'm willing to ask those questions. Is Jesus Mandarin? Because the agricultural revolution 6,000 years ago, some of the texts come from the Chinese dynasties just after that. So, gotta ask you got to ask, is Jesus Mandarin? Because from what we understand, they invented paper, right? There was no written language in Israel, which wasn't a country, by the way. It's very confusing. Israel wasn't a country. It's a very new country. So where were they living? How, did you, how, how, how were they called Israelites back then when Israel didn't exist then? Israel just came and now was a country. Hmm, I don't know. King James, huh? Hey, but it's a banger of a book. Two-part thriller. Shout out J.C. Christ. Anyway, don't murder is the point. Let's move on. From Jesus to the devil. The Red Devils. Manchester United. Manchester United. Um, They lost. They lost. Um, Eric Ten Hag is in year two at Manchester United. And Man United have been a mess post-Fergie. Right. Um, Fergie left in 2013. They've had seven managers in 10 years. Before that, they had one manager for 27 years. Right? So what you've got to realize is that Eric Ten Hag is cleaning up a cultural disaster of seven years of an absolute shambles. Of, I mean, I mean, this past decade has just been 10 years of mucking about at Man United. So Ten Hag's not actually coaching right now. He's trying to piece together the shattered ruins of a vase that fell multiple times. Seven times in particular over the last decade. After being stable for 27 years. He's trying to glue that vase back together. He's not coaching. Eric Ten Hag right now is not coaching. He's not flourishing. He's not implementing anything. You know what he's having to do? He's having to get rid of the weeds. And you've seen how difficult it is. Harry Maguire says, I'm not going anywhere. Scotty McTominay, they rejected the bid, whatever's going on there. It's been a decade of a mess. Seven managers in 10 years. Remember Man United used to laugh at everybody for sacking other people. Seven managers. I'm including caretakers in there, by the way. In Messrs. Giggs and Carrick in there. And Ranik. It's been a shambles. They've become the very thing they used to laugh at. Here's one thing I've come to learn in the last decade. Is nobody can truly flourish without stability. Nobody can flourish. You know what? I say nobody. There are very, very few people who can function in chaos. Very, very few. I know one person and he's high level. He's living in Qatar now. He could, I, I believe he could function in any environment in the world. He's the only person I know. But most human beings need a solid foundation, a solid environment to flourish. Man United have no foundation. Eric Tanhag's trying to build that. You can see that he's trying to get rid of these guys. But it's painful. It's painful mediocrity once it's set in. It's why I... That's why I try not to hang out with too many people. There's just too many mediocre human beings out there. And mediocrity, once it sets in, it gets its hooks into everything. Everything. Listen, Martial, Maguire, McTominay, Juan Bissaka, they're all part of a losing culture. And he's trying. He's, he's, you can see he's trying to get rid of these guys. Because the one thing, all right, is he can't build a new... Whilst those guys are still in in house, you just can't. Why do you think Todd Bully fired everyone at Chelsea? Because it's been a bunch of losers for the last three years. Bruce Buck had to go. Peter Cech had to go. Marina had to go. Had to go. And one of the things about successful people that I really, really have enjoyed about Arteta, that I think Tenag's trying to do. They are not failing with your people. 
And that's been part of the problem at United, right? Is they haven't really let the manager do his thing. The director of football is supposed to do his thing. But everything else should be on the manager. Culturally, power-wise. These guys kind of know. Maguire knows. Tenug's not the real boss. Certainly been that way for seven years. Pogba knew he didn't even respect Mourinho. It's a problem. It's a problem. Culture of mediocrity is set in at Man United. But here's the problem. I've told you before, you cannot buy titles. You can only manage your way there. But you know what buying stuff does, having resources does. There's a reason why people don't feel sorry for trust fund kids who end up on drugs. Right? And I'm less likely to feel sorry for you if you're a trust fund kid. Sorry. But if you're poor and you come from a drug-riddled home, right, and you go on to become a chartered accountant, a teacher, uh, you know, a nurse, something that's serving your society and you pay your bills, I'm going to give you much more credit. I'm not saying being a trust fund kid's bad, like whatever. If you take that on and you compound it and you're, you're a good person, great. But I'm not going to give you credit compared to somebody who comes from the slums and becomes a chartered accountant. Because what resources do is remove excuses. See, that's where Eric Ten Hag, for me, is going to struggle in the current environment. £400 million, give or take, has been spent in the last two seasons. What he has to do now is start winning. Where Mikel Arteta was, I think, clever, was he didn't spend money for the first three years. Not big boy money. right? Because what did he do? He spent that time getting rid of the nonsense. I mean, they were paying off Kolasinac and Ozil and all these guys. And you could hear the rumblings that something was changing. He was finding a way to get Ozil out. And those that loser culture, it's gone now. What have Chelsea done? Chelsea had to do it this way because Todd Bully came in there and he said, no, 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 no. No. I manage close to $2 trillion of assets. I know what winning is. This ain't it. Marina, Bruce Buck, I don't know what you guys have been doing. You and this Tuchel thing. It hasn't worked, but I see it. Get rid of it. Successful people aren't going to lose with your people. They're not going to lose on somebody else's terms. Eric Tenhag's showing you right now is, listen guys, I'm going to get fired at some stage. I'm not going to lose because of Glazer people, because of Mourinho's players, because of LVG's players. Martial, by the way, Martial was an LVG signing. Eric Tenhoek says, I'm not going down because of these guys. But when you spend this aggressively early, it's problems now. Because now he has to win, right? It's not like Arteta where we're saying, hmm, I see what you're doing. So we'll wait three years. Eric Tenhag's under huge pressure. If he doesn't win this year, and when I, when I say win, I mean he's got to come top two, right? He's got to come top two. He does. It's insane. You can't spend four hundred million, right? And and by the way, it's very different to Pochettino. I'll talk about Chelsea in a bit. Pochettino hasn't spent four hundred million. Chelsea have spent four hundred million. Uh, so, sorry, eight hundred million. And rising. Ten Hag has got his players at 400 million. He chose Anthony. He chose Varane. He chose these guys, right? He chose, uh, uh, what's the, Lissandro Martinez. These are his guys. He chose Casemiro. He chose Hoyland. It's very, very different to what's happened. Is largely speaking. Pochettino, come in, you coach. We've already bought the players. That's the project. Arteta took three years. Klopp took five years. And Pep took two years. Jose is exceptional, guys. People must stop thinking they're going to be Jose Mourinho, come in first year, spend lots of money and win. It's not how it works. He's, <laughs> please don't call me arrogant, but I'm a special one in the bottle. There's a reason he said that. Because he is. What Man United have to do, and I've said it before on the pod and people DM me, relax for five years. Because the next, this year, even though he's under pressure, 
it's still going to be getting rid of losing culture. From next year, maybe. Because one of the things that you've got to remember is, as you saw with Arteta, Pepe, ugh, got it wrong. Got it wrong. Yeah, got it wrong there. Bravo, got it wrong first season for Man City. Got it wrong. Not all the signings are going to hit. I think Casemiro has been a a huge mistake, by the way. 60 million pounds. My God. Anyway, Anthony's been a mistake. And now we hear there may be trouble brewing there. A la Mason Greenwood kind of trouble. So not all the signings are going to work out. You've got to give it five years. It's a five-year cycle. Jurgen Klopp showed you. If you give Eric Ten Hag five years, though, you're going to be back to being an elite club at your very core. And then Man United have unlimited money. They are the biggest brand in the world. But I don't know if he's going to have that time purely because he's been so aggressive in the transfer market. Money doesn't buy titles. Money buys pressure. Because it removes excuses. It's the same in real life. Listen, you can't make a better you can't make yourself a better person with money. I, my belief is money doesn't change people, it makes them more, more of who they are. Money removes excuses. Like I was born middle, you know, I was I come from a working class family, but I was raised middle class. I have absolutely no excuses. I mean I made plenty. <laughs> I did I did make plenty, but I've got no excuses in life. I've had every every opportunity someone could wish for. So I, I give no excuses to middle class and upper middle class kids. Sorry. But no excuses. Manchester United, no excuse. No excuse now. Four hundred million of his own guys. Two years, by the way. At MKT Inspires, your thoughts. Manchester United. Should Eric Ten Hag be under pressure this season? And what would be a successful season if you're a Manchester United fan? I'd love to hear. Transfer window, 11 days left. If you're Manchester United, give me three positions where you would spend... He's probably got about 150 still in the bank. Where would you go and spend that money? I'd love to hear from you. At MKT Inspires, slide in the DMs. All right, Chelsea lost. Let's move on to Chelsea's madness. Bloody hell. So Chelsea lost 3-1 to West Ham at West Ham. Um, the concerning part is that Chelsea had a one-man advantage for 28 minutes. Hmm. It's not good. Listen, Pep took two years before a title. Klopp took five. And I'll say it again. Jose Mourinho was special coming in in the first season and winning. Doesn't matter to me what the context is. Eh? Give me the context. That's special. It was special what he did. And by the way, he did the double two, two in two years. His first two years in the Premier League. And then third year, as you know, with Mourinho. Bounced. So one of the things with Chelsea is it's quite similar to United. It's similar and different. Because Chelsea have been so successful for 20 years, the winning DNA, you don't, you don't really have to worry about the core of the club. Right? You're really, you're not excavating, you're pruning at Chelsea. Now, that's been expensive because obviously they got locked out of the transfer window. Some stuff happened. You know, they were banned. And then their owner, (laughs) the owner is a Russian. Then he got poisoned and then he had to leave. And then there was massive turnover. And then essentially the whole executive staff got fired. That was that was 12 months ago. People make it sound like that was five years ago. Listen, big banks, when they turn over, that's like a five-year process, by the way. They're canvassing and looking for COOs and CROs. It takes forever. This is the most competitive industry in the world. Chelsea had to do this. But what Todd's going to have to learn, and I think he will do it, is he'll give him 18 months. So this season and the whole of next season, Poch, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. It's a young squad. Realistically, you don't win with kids. 
if they can maybe add another superstar next season, they'll do it. But otherwise, it's a pretty nice, nicely assembled squad now. It's younger. They've got to grow. They'll grow together. And I think they'll be fine. Because Klopp took five years, by the way. But you've got to settle now. You can't, fl- you can't actually flourish without a foundation. But I'll tell you what, hey, Chelsea need a goal-scoring midfielder, and I don't know why people want to sell Conor Gallagher. You saw that season at Crystal Palace. But it's because he's not flashy. He's not a FIFA player. He doesn't have skill. He doesn't... He's just... He's like... He's a little bit like Frank Lampard. I mean, obviously Lampard had vision and pace and power. Okay. But in terms of his functionality and his willingness to work, he is like Lampard. And he does the most difficult thing as a midfielder in football. It's to what they call run beyond the front man. So he will get into the box. As you saw with Chelsea today, Raheem Sterling must have crossed about 10 crosses. No one in the box. Because Enzo wants to stand still and play those pretty passes. Caicedo is going to do the same thing. So it's a static midfield. Chelsea have a problem now. Now they might need to play four at the back. What does that do? Thiago Silva, can you play with Thiago Silva? Four at the back? Jackson's nice. He's got nice physicality. But you saw with the crosses. Again, this is where the great strikers have... They've got that anticipatory movement in the box. He doesn't have it. Not yet, anyway. He'll learn you can't be on your heels. You've got to be on the move. You've got to be anticipating the area where the ball's going to go. And his movement's been poor on the crosses. But he's only 22 years old. It's a big club, big pressure. Drogba, Diego Costa, these are big shoes. Jean-Franco Zola. And listen, everybody's been asking me, why aren't they starting Mudrik? He's 22 years old. He's just come from the Ukraine. His country's in a war. He just doesn't look with it. He doesn't look with it. He's, listen, his country is in a civil war. Now some people might say, listen, most African players, their countries are in constant civil war. Okay. And fair point. You know. But again, he's not African. He's, you know, Mandem's from the Ukraine. He's a young boy, 100 million pounds. It's a lot of money. Let him develop. The talent's clear. And I'm not just saying because I'm a Chelsea fan. You've got to let the boy develop. Cristiano Ronaldo took three years to pop. In fact, a little bit more. He arrived at 18. He only really popped at 22. Three, four years. But the nice thing for Ronaldo was he had Vidic and Ferdinand and Neville, right? And Van Nistelrooy and those guys. And they cocooned him as he grew into the man. Wayne Rooney is very rare. Everybody thinks everyone's Rooney. That that doesn't happen, by the way. Raul Gonzalez is very rare. But you youngsters won't know. But Raul, at the age of 16, was the striker for Real Madrid. And it never stopped till he was 30. That's very, very rare. Wonder kids are so rare. These kids are... You, you know... Leo Messi, even Leo Messi was protected until he was 23-24, right? He had Ronaldinho, he did come in slowly. He had Xavi, he had Iniesta, he had Puyol, right? He had Zambrotta, you know, Barcelona, Abidal at that time. They all protected him. So when he made mistakes, you couldn't see it. He wasn't the man them early on. Remember when Leo Messi wore 19 for a while? It took two, three years, even though it was like, oh, this one's coming. But they transitioned him to that. He played with Ronaldinho. So Ronaldinho had the spotlight as he grew into the man. And then a myth, and then a legend. You can't expect Modric to come in here. It, just, it doesn't work that way. Erling Haaland is a generational player. And even then, again, Erling Haaland is being protected by an unbelievably experienced team. Ruben Diaz, Edison, Kyle Walker, Bernardo Silva. These are hardened professionals. They're laying it on a platform. Listen, he's proper. Let's also not, let's get this right. But, but he is a generational player. Mudrik's not a generational player. He's a wonderful talent. But 
you, you're not going to see Erling Haaland again, maybe in your lifetime. Sorry. That's a gen- that's all. He's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Mudrik's come from the Ukraine. I like him, but his head's nowhere. The confidence is gone, and I, I hope they don't rush him. Because there's-, there's no need. Chelsea have got plenty of attacking potential, attacking, attacking talent. talent. Let, let, let him build. Three, four months. Let's see what he's looking like then. Tell you who I was really surprised by was Raheem Sterling. But you have to play him because his output is horrendous, obviously, the end product. But where he's great is he's really, really disciplined. Tactically, he drops back, covers for the right back, right, and gets forward. Takes his man on, puts something in the box. Now, not always great, but... And the other thing that you have to take into account. Raheem Sterling, I was looking at the team, and Thiago Silva are the only experienced players in that squad. You know, the biggest myth ever is that Man United won with kids. They didn't. I I really... You know, the great Alan Hansen was right. You can't win with kids. People pretend like Ryan Giggs and Gary Neville... And David Beckham all started immediately. And Nicky Butt and Paul Scholes. They didn't. They didn't. David May. Steve Bruce. Right? Eric Cantona. They brought these players in. Right? And then these kids went around them. Dennis Irwin. Peter Schmeichel. That's who the core was. And then you integrate the kids in there. Again, they had one generational talent in Ryan Giggs. Okay, he was straight in. Like, when you've got that, fine. Okay, he's 18, put him in. Oh, my God. But Ryan Giggs, again, is a once-in-a-lifetime player. You've never seen Ryan Giggs again. No no one's going to move positions in the Premier League and be player of the year after being a flying winger and then transition to being a holding defensive mid, and then be the player of the season. Ryan Giggs is a generational player. He is top 25 greatest footballers of all time. I'm sorry, like, you may not like that statement because it's not cool to say that about Ryan Giggs, one, for his off-the-field stuff, but because he's also not like, he doesn't have that PR but he's one of the great... I promise you, when I was young, I used to watch this guy and think it's, it's impossible. He's one of the greatest footballers. And he wasn't just pace. Movement, exceptional. You know, if you're young and you're listening to this, let me tell you what Ryan Giggs was. He was a hybrid between Gareth Bale and Arjen Robin. Think of that as a mix. And maybe Arjen Robin's a bit old for some of you youngsters listening to this pod. So let me put it like this. Ryan Giggs was a mix between Kylian Mbappe and Kevin De Bruyne. He could whip a ball in, he could shoot, he could pass, he could cross. He could go to the byline, he could cut inside, he could play in the number 10. He could play support striker. If you don't believe me, if you're young and you don't know who Ryan Giggs is, obviously he's some Terrible stuff has come out about him recently. Like, whatever. I can separate art from artists. Try not to be a horrible person. It's not great. But as a footballer, Google 1999 FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal Ryan Giggs goal. Now, that goal seems spectacular, right? It's spectacular because it was part of the treble and it was days before they went and won the uh, FA Cup and then went on to win the Champions League. And it was incredible. But that goal was just another goal in Ryan Giggs' life. You, you, you know what? He was the Premier League's version. Let me put it this way. Less goals because he was more of a classic winger. But he was the Premier League's version of Lionel Messi. In those early days. Less goals though. Slightly different position. They played 4-4-2 then. And a left wing stayed on the left wing. And a right wing stayed on the right wing. But let me tell you something. You're not seeing Ryan Giggs again. Stop that. Mudrik's not that. He's not that. Anyway, 
can't win with kids. Raheem Sterling has to start. And you saw it today. I thought he was sensational. He was absolutely sensational. But what's important in life and in business is to learn from other businesses, right? My father, my father always used to say, only idiots learn from their own mistakes. Don't be Man United. You don't have seven managers in 10 years. Look where it leads. You've got Harry Maguire being the highest paid centre-back in the Premier League. That's where it gets you, right? And then you can't sell him. That's what happens when you start sacking and destabilizing environments. You've got to back Poch for two years. As, as Chelsea fans, we've got to be patient. And I know it's not easy because the external pressure will be you spent 800 million. Who cares? Who cares what people have to say? Alex Ferguson didn't. Alex Ferguson outspent the entire Premier League. He did not give a monkey's. World record for Veron. Veron failed in eighteen in like a season and a half. Veron was gone. Yapstam, best defender in the world. Yapstam starts giving him lip. Get out. David Beckham started giving him lip. Get out. Fergie did not care. That's how you win. You build excellence within, and it's them against us. And you know what hit me? I was talking about uh, Conor Gallagher earlier. You know Chelsea have never replaced. Everyone says Drogba and Costa. They've never replaced Lampard as a player. But part of part of greatness is, you know, we always look at the football ability. But these great players become great characters. And there was a stage where Chelsea had eight international captains within their team. Branislav Ivanovic, Peter Cech, uh, John Terry, you know, Michael Ballack, Didier Drogba at a stage. Uh, I think it was Michael Essien. You know, there were there was a state where we had eight international captains in there. And that's why that era was so successful. Because not only are they great players, but they're unbelievable personalities. And today, when Chelsea were two and two and down, there was none of that. Because they're kids, they're waiting for someone else to do it. Somebody has to take control. Raheem Sterling doesn't have that personality. And quite frankly, Thiago Silva is more I lead by example. He's not Roy Keane, he's not John Terry. Where he's going to give you a right bollocking. As they say in the United Kingdom. So Chelsea need to relax. And if you're a Chelsea fan. I'm mad. I'm fuming. I, you cannot believe how disgusting that performance was. It took some time. I just thought. Oh my God. But it's also like. Are you kidding me? We're not Man United. By the way. Chelsea just won the, Premier League, the Champions League two years ago. I know in YouTube culture. It feels like the world's ending. But I think Todd Bully's laid a great foundation. And I think if they stick with the manager, any manager, and Poch is half decent, just let him build a new foundation. Even if Poch isn't the guy to make you successful, let him at least build the foundation. Let him found the company, and then you bring in Tim Cook to take it to $1 trillion. Disgusting, though. Disgusting performance. No character. But this is what happens with young people. It's a young team. Tiago Silva and... Uh, Raheem Sterling are the only people that are experienced. I want to win as a Chelsea fan. I want to win the Premier League this year. Because I think City are beatable. They've lost a lot. I'll talk more about City as the season goes. But they've lost a lot. Again, when you lose Gundogan, you're not just losing the player. Remember, he's the captain. Guardiola's going to learn that this is, this is not Germany, my man. There isn't only two big fixtures a year. As Desazi learned today. Right? He learned that. He learned. He thought he'd... Because in France, Desazi, that guy, that striker playing for a West Ham level team in France is probably League One, maybe Championship level. But in England, you've got Jamaica's number nine. And as you saw, Mikel Antonio. There's no room to breathe in England. Desazi, you can't keep backing off. Not, not in England, my man. So... City are beatable this year. I'm telling you, I'm backing Pep Guardiola to not make it through the season for the very first time. They are beatable this year. So stick with it. If you're a Chelsea fan, relax. The talent is there. It just needs time. Because one thing I didn't see with Chelsea today is uh, patterns of play, which, which means they're still learning. Now, 10 games in, and there's only three victories. Uh-oh. But it's the same old problems, right? No killer instinct. 
Nobody in the box to finish. But Jackson's 22. I didn't expect it. Don't buy another striker. Broha is there. Give him a chance. And I wouldn't sell Conor Gallagher. Love to hear what you Chelsea fans think. Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. Who should Chelsea... Do Chelsea need to buy anybody else? They've got two left-backs and Kukurea and uh, Chilwell. Uh, Gusto, I thought, acquitted himself incredibly. Dezasi is young. Always 25, but, you know, it's the Premier League. Once again, he'll learn. Thiago Silva, Colwell, who I, I think is spectacular. Uh, Caicedo, of course, he'll start. He gave away the penalty. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of banter throughout the week. People are saying the most expensive penalty ever given away in the history of the Premier League. Chelsea spent £115 million to give away a penalty. Caicedo didn't start. He came off the bench. Let's see what that looks like in six or seven games with him and Enzo. Incredible. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Because I really want to give it to United fans this week as well. Love to hear what Chelsea fans have to think um, or had to say. Formation, what do you think of Poch? You know, are Chelsea settled? Do they need to buy a striker? If you think Chelsea should buy a striker, who is that striker that's available? Is there anywhere else where Chelsea should improve? Love to hear from you at MKT Inspires. Hope you have the greatest week of your life. What are you doing this week? It's warming up where I live, where there's a boring conversation, but makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. Love to hear where you are in the world. What are you doing? What are you up to? What are your plans for the rest of the year? You know, maybe you're getting married. All the best with that. Maybe you're getting divorced. All the best with that. Because it is a 50-50 thing, right? So I was reading a report that 55% of marriages in South Africa ended in divorce. So, you know, so, so me saying maybe you're getting married, maybe you're getting divorced, is actually the most erudite way to approach this conversation because both are as likely now, and it's more likely that your partner will leave you in South Africa. I'm not saying they will. I'm just telling you what the numbers are telling me. If you're a divorce lawyer, you know what I'd like to know? Who leaves who more? I've always been interested in that. Do women... Like, do women leave men more or do men leave women more? I, I, isn't that interesting? I'd love to hear. Like, if you're a divorce lawyer and, and maybe you're, like, into analytics, are women requesting divorces more or are men requesting divorces more? Isn't that interesting? That's the interesting thing in life. Don't we actually all want to know? Like, if you're a guy and you're getting married, surely you're wondering... Hmm. Because ultimately, your I would imagine most women are friends with women. If more women are getting div- requesting divorces, you're probably going, hmm, bloody hell, got to keep an eye on this thing. Or vice versa, ladies, if your husband is hanging out with guys, I would imagine, we still live in a pretty divided world. Oh, I don't know, there might be enlightened people who, have, who are male and have more female friends. In which case, ladies are probably worried anyway, because... Let me tell you something I've learned about ladies. They do not like any of your female friends. Trust me. They're going to pretend. And I know people think they're so much better than everyone in like on social media. Like men and women can be friends. What are you talking about? I'm so comfortable with myself. No, they are not. Guys, do not think you come into a relationship and go, she's, she's a girl. She's my best friend. What are you talking about? Like, Cut that shit immediately. This is this isn't this isn't a sitcom on Netflix. Tell your female friend that you hang out with her is gonna be drastically reduced, if not stop completely, because your new girl ain't about it. Don't don't try and be more enlightened than us. You're not better than the world. And listen, I know I sound blunt, but this is how the world actually is it's not theoretical the world is in real life and i know what ladies are thinking you know why because i'm i ask people stuff like this to their face i'm like hey are you comfortable with that I was like, oh geez no one was ever gonna ask me 
can't believe that he doesn't realize that it's weird. And you, I, I've had some ladies use some incredible words to describe people that I thought they liked. I'm like, OMW, I didn't realize. Why did you tell your partner? Oh, no, but she's been in life and then I'm going to look jealous. Because one thing I've also learned about ladies. Ladies don't like to look like the archetype that the patriarchal world has created. So one thing women don't like to be perceived as. And I've just, again, I ask these questions is jealous I, I like with guys i don't know like it's almost built in where i think guys get a bit of a, a get out of jail free card with that it's almost like if you're male you should want to you know fight for that space like whatever but women maybe it's because of the archetype you know the the feminine archetype we've created you know but ladies don't like to look jealous but let me tell you something i'm having a whew, I've had and I'm having some spicy conversations about that where an old friend, again, dude comes in. Yeah, but she's my female best friend. Hmm. Is she now? Because you know why? All grown up women know this. And you got to keep it real. Grown up women know that guys and girls can't really be friends. Now, I know a lot of people are going to go, what are you talking about? And they're so much better than us. Mm, let me tell you something. Ladies, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what all ladies know deep down. See your friend who says he's your friend. If you gave him, I promise you, if you gave him one chance, it would be on. If you dare have one too many margaritas and... I'm just telling you what it is. So, guys, I'm also saying, don't put your lady in a position where she has to be jealous. Unless some people like that. You know, dude, I, I'm single. You, you just do whatever the bloody hell you want. And if you're, if it's going to end up in a divorce, whatever, you're joining the 55% anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the MKT Show. My name is MKT. And for now, I am the hell. Out of here.